Hey, hey, hey! Welcome back to another episode of the Parent Trap Podcast. I really appreciate you guys tuning in. This podcast is designed for minority parents, real families talking about real problems. So we are in our series about homeschool. Last episode, part one, go listen to that. What is this? What the heck is this? Like we are in a whole pandemic. Kids are at home and parents are playing tutor, teacher, lunch lady, guidance counselor, principal, all that. Dean of students. It's it's rough out here. So last week was kind of talking about homeschool and homeschool and school at home are very different. And if you want to know, pause this right now and go listen to our previous episode and then come back. Um, because this week we're going to talk about learning styles. Last week, um, I kind of talked about what homeschool really is versus school at home. And just different ways to ease into it and what is the real difference with being a homeschool parent. And how much more convenient it is depending on your child's learning style. So this week we're going to dive into learning styles. And learning styles are just how we learn. I think that we talk a lot about learning styles in early childhood. Um, I do have an early childhood degree. So a lot of the child development and curriculum um, education background I have taught me a lot about catering to different kids with different learning styles and really setting my classroom and curriculum up to where it can be interchangeable for every learning style but I think after early childhood we kind of well elementary does touch on it a little but we kind of don't embrace that we just have these common core standards or these curriculum standards and these milestones to hit but we don't ever think about learning styles well at least not at the schools that I have been involved in I don't know if some teachers may have a focal point uh in their curriculum planning to um adapted to cater to different learning styles but it's not something that's a requirement and that's talked about a lot and i think it needs to be so your learning style is basically how you learn there are really four types of learning styles they kind of develop four more but i'll focus on the main four i'll talk about all eight but i want to focus on the main four because the extra for like the sub categories they kind of fit into the other ones so i want to keep it short and sweet we'll talk about the main categories but the learning styles are visual which is learning by singing auditory slash musical which is learning by hearing reading and write which is learning by reading and writing and then kinesthetic which is learning by doing and then the subcategories are combination, meaning you have two or more categories that you learn from. Um, solitary, which means you learn best being alone. You kind of don't like groups. You can get by yourself and just dissect anything alone. Um, social, and that kind of fits into auditory. I mean, auditory means you learning from engaging and talking to people. And then logical and mathematical, like you learn from just thinking and reasoning, which can kind of fit into other categories as well. But we're just going to talk about the first four that I listed, which is the visual, the auditorial, um, auditory, sorry, not auditory, the auditory, musical, um, 
read, write, and kinesthetic. So first, let's start with visual. So visual is learning by seeing. This means that you learn best using charts, graphs, um, PowerPoints, lesson outlines, picture aids, graphic organizers, things like that. Um, and kids that learn visual, virtual learning for them can be tough if the teacher is just talking. If you have a teacher that, that's just on there explaining the work and not doing screen share and putting up charts and things like that, that can really be tough for them to just listen to a voice and be expected to follow directions. So I do, I do think that if you have this type of student to make sure that now you decide what that is. And I think the best thing about it is it's fun to just create visual aids and charts and things like that. And they're typically easy to find. So it's not too hard to, you know, reach a student with this learning style. But also, if you notice this is a learning style for your child, just as well as any other learning style, communicate with their teacher. Um, this type of learner typically takes notes. They will, you know, look around and look, kind of look for something to focus on, engage with while they're learning. And sometimes they can draw or make like cute visual aids to go along with the lesson so don't get discouraged if you have a kid that's just like kind of sketching but still listening. They probably need something visual in front of them to represent what was said. So a way that this learning style struggles is that they can find spoken directions hard to remember and get easily distracted by noise. So it's important to... You got to be prepared dealing with this type of learner. You can't just jump into a lesson, freestyle talk. If you're like me, I am a talker. I can get up and lecture all day. But my students that are visual learners, I can't just freelance a lecture for them. I need to have a PowerPoint to go with my lecture. I need to have a handout for them to look at or I need to create an opportunity for them to take notes and jot down what I'm saying or some sort of visual aid. So just consider this learner for those of us that are talkers and we like to lecture and just explain things and be intellectual. No, you need to provide something for your visual learner to see. So um, I want to give some examples of things that I've done for visual learners. One, I always, well, when it comes to the older students, I'll always make sure I have a PowerPoint presentation. Even if I am just going over something simple like some definitions. Um, oh, this is the perfect example. One time I did a budget teaching a life skills course. And instead of talking about the budget like, oh, rent costs this amount, electricity costs this amount. I actually put a chart on the board and had them tell me what to fill in. So they're seeing it as I'm doing it and that really helped. So just an example with younger kids, of course, if you're teaching them a letter, having the letter in front of them or having a picture um, in front of them it, of something that you're trying to explain to help them grasp what you're talking about with their visual concept, okay? So that's it for visual learner. We're gonna go into our second type of learner, which is our auditory and musical. Now this one learns through hearing. 
This could mean read alouds, um, listening centers, you know, in early, early childhood or early elementary. We, we have different listening centers where students can go and listen to books and contacts. We have verbal instruction. So this is a student where it's probably easy for them to gauge with virtual learning, especially if the teacher is just talking and explaining. They're listening, so they got it. You know, they're like, oh, okay, they'll listen and they can really dissect it just by listening or they like having discussion. I know I see a lot of teachers that do the back and forth discussion. Hey, ask questions in the middle of what they're talking about. These students usually get it. And a lot of them learn very well through music. So singing a song or having some type of catchy rhyme will definitely get them to um, retain the information that you're giving out. All right. So a way that the auditory learner will struggle is they can get distracted by noise because they gauge and learn by noise. So if noises are going on that are not part of the lesson or part of what's being taught, that can be distraction and kind of cloud or add extra details in what they're trying to um, learn or dissect. And sometimes they may read slow. You may find it, um, you know, you may think this person, oh, they're really delayed. No, they just have to take their time and read. And these are usually people who can't sit and silently read. They'll be like, hey, I can't just sit and read silent. I need to hear what I'm saying to, in order to retain it. These are probably your audiobook lovers. I know I'm an audiobook lover, but I know I'm a combination as well. But yeah, just be okay with yeah, some students can't just look at the words and retain it. They can look at the words and understand it, but it won't stick. But in order for them to really learn and retain it, they need to hear it. So it works best for them to do it out, do it out loud so that it's being retained. And they also may find it complicated to follow along with diagrams or graphs. They're like, what is this? I'm seeing too much. This is doing a lot. Just tell me what's going on. So that's more of that person. I think in the early childhood and it's personal example I'll give to that is learning through songs. How do we all learn our ABCs and other things like learning left from right? There's a cute and catchy song. <laughs> and usually our auditory learners, they get that so much in early childhood. Then when you grow up, it's like, what? Oh, you want me to read everything? <laughs> everything needs to be formal. And I love nowadays in education, you see a lot of educators going to the next level and creating songs and raps and things to help their kids remember content, remember math problems, remember stories. And I think that's pretty dope. And it just caters to that learning style. All right. So the next one we're going to learn about is the read it, write it. So this is your traditional learner. This is the person who school is catered to. This is the person who usually has the 4.0, who's everybody's like, how does she get a 4.0? And I know this stuff too. And I, you know, do just as well at repeating information. It's because most of assessments, most of the tests, most of grades are documented from read it, write it type assessments. And this person studies to learn. They definitely um, can do very well on the ACT or SAT or STAR test 
whatever tests um, that you guys are taking and whatever state or region you're in, the reader, writer, learner are usually the high scores. Not saying that anybody, somebody else can't score high, but this learner just is usually the people like, hey, I don't even struggle with that. They're, they learn through books and texts. They learn through taking notes. They're very into dictionaries and things like that. Um, one of the ways that one of the one of the formats w that school was designed for was to cater to this type of learner. And they're usually looked at like, oh, the perfect student. But it's really just that we cater to their learning style the most. It, it doesn't mean that this person is smarter or better. We each have our own unique skill set. It just means that what is being presented caters to them. So one thing this person may struggle with is diagrams and they may also find disorganized presentations or somebody who's just kind of winging it or something that is not really flowing smoothly. They will get confused. All right. So some examples, of course, is traditional learning, giving them a notebook, giving them letters to trace, giving them stories to read and having them answer questions. Things like that. The very traditional learning. Everybody pretty much knows how to reach this learner because that's what school caters to. All right. The last one. This is my favorite. And it is the kinesthetic learner. And they learn by doing. The reason why it's my favorite because my child learns this way. And I do believe that the school, unless you go to like an art school or a tech school, or a school with some type of focus, like artistic focus or trade focus, you're going to struggle being this style of learner. It's really hard for this person to gauge because you learn by doing. And not a lot of things in the academic world are doing. It's more so the read it, write it, and sometimes the visual. So this type of learner is better through body movement. Um touching and feeling hands-on activities doing projects and this person is typically good at sports and anything with that involves moving around or engaging one thing that this person may struggle with is they'll come off as they have a short attention span and they could find it difficult to sit still so this is something that we have to pay attention to in our classrooms. We have to pay attention to in our children. We have to pay attention because the world does not cater to this person in the realm of education. And we have to be intentional about providing things that can help our kinesthetic learners still learn. For example, parents at home, you can have your child that's doing math work. This is a child who needs the bears, who needs to actually have the small manipulative stack the bears. This is a child who may need um, some type of visual or physical activity to go with their learning. Like if I take three steps and you take four steps, how many steps do we take all together? Let's just get up and do the steps. Let's not even play around with pointing and counting fingers because I need to do something. So give them something to do. An example of how I did, um, how I catered to my child is that we were doing some type of history lesson and they were talking about sculptures and artifacts from some European history, some European country's history. 
I don't really remember. But I do remember that instead of having my son write to me about the sculptures that th that these people use in their culture, I had we made some homemade clay, which counted as a science lesson. Let's just knock two birds with one song. We we um made some clay, and I'm like, okay, this is your science. I want to watch how you do this and follow these instructions and make this clay. And he made the clay. And then after we made the clay, I said, okay, make me a sculpture um, based on the description that we learned from this history of people and then explain it to me. So instead of having him write, I gave him something hands on to do. And usually this person is a great presenter. Like people that learn through do, they're typically excited about giving presentations. These are people who can easily do something because they're used to doing. They can stand up and give you examples and talk and have all the movement because that is how they learn. And he did great. And just parents get creative at home. What are some things that your child um, can do instead of writing or instead of reading about what is something that they can create there's even times where I've had him create something like oh we're talking he's really big on animals okay we're talking about um what elephants eat okay using some recycled materials around the house design me a plate that an elephant would eat from that's just an example I don't know they say elephants eat peanuts whatever who knows who cares but that's just a, another way where you can gauge with the student. Now, for teachers, this is your toughest. This is your toughest cookie to crack, especially in the classroom. I mean, it's it's hard online, but in the in the classroom because it can be distracting for other students. It can be distract distracting for the visual student to see this learner doing something because they need to do but i'm visual so it catches my eye and distracts me it could be distracting for the reader and writer because they like to focus and they like to just be in learning mode and moving too much can distract all the other learners even the auditory because they're listening of course if you're moving you're making noise so this is the learner we shut down the most this is the learner who we kick them out of class we set them aside and I just want to encourage teachers, one, explain to your students different learning styles. And maybe they will be a little more patient and a little less um, attentive to this person because they know this is how they learn and show some compassion and more discipline and not saying they should have to be distracted, but it can help with it not being over every little thing and just over big stuff. But what I will say is do some research on kinesthetic kinesthetic classrooms and see what you can implement in those classrooms like that's why fidget spinners were started or like rubber bands that go on in the chair or even they have like stools that they could sit on in the room and try to sit these students at the back of the room I know it may seem like it's distracting for them to be at the back of the room because they will fidget but honestly it's easier for them to gauge and learn without someone looking at them and like oh you're moving and you're fidgeting or you're doing this it's it'll make your life and everyone else's life easier all right so that's my I think that's everything yeah that's my spill I think I am more so combination I can adapt through many of them um I definitely some things I learned through doing and other things I learned through 
auditory like i'm i'm an audiobook person i can listen to a conversation i can do discussions and dialogue those are my two highest but i also think i'm visual sometimes i need a chart or a lesson plan in front of me um in order to go along with what's happening so i hope this is very helpful um guys just take i will put in the show notes some resources that go more in depth of the learning styles like what to do with them and things like that but overall if you just google or search different learning styles something will come up and i highly encourage you to learn what your child's learning style is before selecting a homeschool curriculum if you're thinking about homeschooling because uh, there are different homeschool school curriculums that cater to different learning styles. For example, I'll, and I'll talk about them in our next episode. One will be time for learning. And time for learning is really great for kinesthetic learners. Me and my son did very awesome with it. I loved it. It was amazing. And I would definitely, highly, highly, highly recommend it. But we'll talk about other, other curriculums and learning styles that cater to them in our next episode. So be alert um when your child is doing homeschool or even just gauging in different learning activities because it'll help you discover what your child's learning style is all right thank you so much for tuning in this is part two of our homeschool series and this topic is on learning styles hope we provide you with a lot of great information and don't forget to check our show notes for different links and resources bye